Welcome to summer camp. Some of you are overdressed here. Welcome to summer camp at Blackhawk Adventure and Spiritual Transformation. This is going to be a great summer, and I have like one of the very first talks. Listen, my name is Camp Counselor uh, Chris, and uh, it's good to be here at Blackhawk. I work for Camp Counselors Matthew and Charlie, but they're not here today, so I'm taking over. <laughs> Welcome to summer camp. Those of you who are in the room with me right here, those of you who are joining in uh, Blackhawk Fitchburg, Blackhawk Downtown, those of you who are in Gospel Fusion, those of you who are in Traditions, those of you who are joining us online, we have camp counts, camp campers all over. We have campers in Seattle, Washington. We have campers in Fort Lauderdale, Florida right now. We have campers, a lot of campers in Baraboo, Wisconsin. So wherever you are, welcome to summer camp at Blackhawk Church. For those of you who are Mandarin speakers, Dijong Zimei Ping An, and those of you who are Spanish speakers, Bienvenidos a Blackhawk. So last week, our counselor, Charlie, he led this series off by talking about the fact that we are going to do stuff at summer camp. We're going to go deeper in summer camp, not just learn stuff, but do stuff. He put uh, this slide on uh, last week. The Christian life is about deepening our relationship with God and becoming transformed into his likeness for the sake of his mission. It's not just about knowing things. It's about doing things. We did a whole series where we walked through the story of the Bible. So, you know, in theory, we kind of know the story of the Bible. So now, so what? So how does that actually apply to our life? What can we do as Christ followers to deepen our relationship with the living God? So that's what summer camp is about. And each week, there's going to be a counselor that comes up here and talks to talk about one or two spiritual practices that will help us deepen our relationship with God. And this week, I got the best one. I've got the best one. This is a great Sunday. This is not like preaching about hell on Mother's Day. This is a great, I got a great one here. Today, it's about the Bible. How we can read the Bible to help us to grow spiritually, not just like read through the Bible, but to read the Bible for spiritual transformation. It's the best of all of the spiritual practices. I'm prejudiced uh, towards that. But before I talk about that, let me tell you a story about my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law's name's Larry, and he is amazing. There's nothing that he can't do. He is amazing. He can fix things. He can solve problems. Larry could take a car and take it apart and put it back together again. He used to own like a car shop. Larry can take like a business machine. He used to own a business machine store. And he could take that apart and put it back together again. Larry could like build his own house. In fact, before we bought the house we live in right now, Larry came and kind of walked through the house with a realtor. He called up a friend in the area and said, hey, this is what it's going for, price per square foot. He looks at everything and he goes, yeah, this is a good deal. You should probably get it. And we bought the house partly because Larry said it's a good deal. I mean, I just go to him for like all kinds of things. Today, I never call him. Why? I got YouTube. I used to always be embarrassed that I would call Larry at any time, day or night. You know, I was kind of embarrassed about that. But now, 
I just go to YouTube. When I have a question about anything, some problem to solve, I just go to YouTube. I bought an electric mower last season and I needed to sharpen it for this season. I go to YouTube, figure out how to sharpen the blade. We wanted to have a ham uh, for Easter. And, you know, I always wanted like one of those honey baked hams that would like, instead of buying it, that we would make it ourselves. I go to YouTube, check it out. You can go to YouTube for anything. You all know that. So why am I talking about YouTube? I'm going to YouTube to solve our problems. Because as a pastor, I have discovered that one of the biggest obstacles that we have to actually developing our own time in the Bible is that most of us, when we pick up the Bible, we go to the Bible like we go to YouTube. We go to the Bible to try to solve a problem that we're going through. Listen, life is difficult, and at times it's overwhelming. Somebody say amen. It's difficult. And we're followers of Christ, and we know the Bible probably addresses that someplace, some difficulty that we're going through. And we pick up the Bible to address a particular problem that we're going through, and oftentimes we find that it's not that helpful because we're used to YouTube. We're used to like instant answers. And when we pick up the Bible to help us with a difficulty, it doesn't give us an instant answer. And so that's discouraging. And it keeps us from actually developing a normal habit of reading the Bible. But the Bible is not just about giving us information. The Bible is also about spiritual transformation. Because when we become the kind of people God wants us to be, we'll make the kind of decisions God wants us to make. But we become those kind of people slowly, not instantly. So today is about the best of all spiritual practices, I think. All the other spiritual practices, they they don't even come close to the spiritual practice of developing a regular habit of reading the Bible for your spiritual transformation. A friend of mine, George uh, Guthrie, uh, wrote this. Various surveys in different cultures over the past half century have determined that the number one predictor of a person's spiritual health is the regular practice of personal Bible reading. Nothing else comes close. So do you have a regular practice of personal Bible reading? Do you have that? That's what this talk is all about. And I'm going to approach it kind of in a different way. I'm going to talk about three things that the Bible is not in order to help us develop this practice. The Bible is not written to us, but for us. The Bible is not easy to understand, but there are tools to help us. And the Bible is not just about information. It's about our transformation. So the first one is a phrase that you guys have heard before. Have you heard us say this phrase before? Shake your head up. Yes, yep, absolutely. The Bible is not written to us, but for us. The Bible is, um, actually the word Bible, uh, it doesn't mean book. It means books. It's a collection of books. The Bible is uh, a collection of books. Somebody gave it that name way after it was written. Actually, the word Bible is not actually in the word Bible. In, in the, Bi- the word Bible is not in the Bible. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Because it's a name that other people gave to this 
collection of 66 books written in three different languages. The language I'm speaking right now uh, didn't really start to develop until a thousand years after Jesus was born. The Bible is way before that. Written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Here's an example of Hebrew. Most of us look at that and we don't understand one thing that that says, except maybe the number one way over there. What in the world did I just say? That was written to people who would totally understand what I just said. Here's an example of Greek. In Greek, this is a famous verse. Oh yeah, that's totally famous. We've all memorized that. Totally get that. For God... So, what do you think that word is? Oh, there you know the verse already. <laughs> the world has cosmon that he gave Edokin, his one and only Manogene son. So that whoever, what do you think that word is? Believes in him does not just be destroyed, but has life on and on and on and on. It's written in Greek. It's written to people who actually is a certain kind of Greek, Koine Greek. And it's written to people who can understand Koine Greek. The Bible is not written to us, but it's written for us. So it's, when I say this Bible is not written to us, it's not just that the Bible is in different languages, and we have to understand those languages. The Bible is written to people who live in a completely different culture, completely different geography, completely different political situation, completely different from ours. And in order to understand what it's actually saying, we have to understand something about that particular culture and the metaphors that they would use in that culture. There's a principle that goes something like this. Shared knowledge is essential to clear communication. Shared knowledge is essential to clear communication. It is the violation of this principle that has led my wife and I to most of our marital fights. When my wife says, I'll be ready in five minutes, I have to understand what that actually means to her. Because five minutes means one thing to me, but in her cultural understanding of the word, five minutes is a metaphor. <laughs> five minutes means in her world, it means sometime today. <laughs> Maybe soon. It took me years to figure out that I have to study my wife. I have to understand the way she uses language. I can't expect her to use language the same way that I, when, and then we're trained like this and we get into a fight. You said five minutes, but I didn't mean five minutes. Does anybody appreciate what I'm saying here? When, uh, when we in our world talk about uh, this phrase, uh, the White House said, and then A, B, and C. 
We all know what we're talking about. But if uh, 2,000 years from now, somebody is studying what we talked about in 2023, and they come across this phrase, the White House said, and if 2,000 years from now, they say, well, they believe that houses could actually speak because they used to talk about this all the time. They don't understand our culture. When we say the White House said, we don't mean a house actually speaks. It's a metaphor for the administration is saying something. The Bible's not written to us. We have to understand the culture back in that day. How did they use the language? What did it mean to those people? Because in, we cannot just apply it to our own lives. We have to first understand what it really meant to them and how would that actually translate in our lives. But the Bible is written for us. Paul writes to Timothy, and how from infancy you, Timothy, have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When Paul is writing to Timothy and he talks about the Holy Scriptures, he's talking about what we would call the Hebrew Bible, or many of us call the Old Testament. And he's saying to Timothy, you know, you learned this in this house you grew up from the time that you were an infant. And those scriptures were written for you to help you so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Not just they were written for Timothy, but they were written for us too. So the Bible's not written to us, but it's written for us. How you guys doing with that? Summer camp good? All right, let's next point. The Bible is not easy to understand, but there are tools that can help us. The Bible's not easy to understand. I love what uh, my mentor, Haddon Robinson, used to say about this. The people involved in the public relations department of the church always make Bible study sound as though it is easy. It is not. It takes a great deal of effort to understand the text and even more to understand how it applies to our lives. We like to think that when we study the Bible, it is like getting a shot of adrenaline. But studying the Bible is much more like taking vitamins. You gulp down a couple in the morning, but no wave of energy flows through your body. No, you take vitamins because they protect you against disease. In the long run, they make you strong. The Bible is not easy to understand. And I love the idea that actually as we read the Bible, the people who are actually writing the Bible say the very same thing. It's not easy to understand. That makes me feel better about the fact that it's hard to understand. Peter said this about some things that Paul wrote. His letters, Peter's referring to Paul, contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. <laughs> that makes me feel good. I mean, Peter's actually being inspired by God to write the fact that the Bible is hard to understand. And it is hard to understand. And people still distort things in the word of God. But there are tools 
that can help us. There are tools. You guys, we are so blessed in our culture today to have tools that are so readily available to us. And many of the tools that we have in our culture are absolutely free. We have just a wealth of tools and you should have access to them. If you have Wi-Fi, you can download so many very practical tools that will help you understand the Bible. Here is one tool. It's called the Bible Project. If you don't have this downloaded, you should totally download this tool. It's free and it is so very helpful. The co-founder of the Bible Project is uh, one guy named Tim Mackey, used to be on staff here. There are over 5 million subscribers to the Bible Project worldwide. Somebody say amen. Are we glad uh, Tim Mackey left Madison? Somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah, here's a picture of uh, Tim and another pastor. It used to be on staff here, John Rosenstiel. They're both in Portland. I was with them uh, just a few weeks ago leading a seminar out there. And uh, it's, it's kind of really, uh, really cool as a pastor to know that the pastors that used to work for you, we all still get along with each other. So that's kind of an amen to that. The Bible Project, you guys, is so helpful. Let's say you come to a, a book in the Bible. And you remember, it's not written to you. It's written for you. So like, what is this book about? How can I understand this book? Let's imagine that you just chose one of the wisdom literature books, the book of Proverbs. It's a great book. So you go, well, what, what's the book of Proverbs about? First thing you should do is go to the Bible Project, type, just Google Bible Project Proverbs. And a video like this is going to come up. Watch this. The book of Proverbs. The word proverb typically refers to a short, clever saying that offers some kind of wisdom, and this book has a lot of those. But they're almost all in the center section of the book, chapters 10 to 29. But there is way more going on in the book of Proverbs, especially at the beginning, chapters 1 through 9, and the conclusion, chapters 30 and 31. The book's been designed with an introduction, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. So that's not a mistake. We cut it off uh, intentionally because, you know, we could just listen to Tim all day long. The point is, when you're opening the Bible, just Google that book, Bible Project, and you're going to watch a video from him that's like four to seven minutes long, and it's going to help you understand what you're actually looking at. It's a fantastic tool. There are many, many, many tools. And on our website, at our resource page, under like this Sunday, you can find many tools that I recommend uh, for uh, studying the Bible. There are all kinds of tools, and many of them are free. You should definitely know about those tools. All right, the next one. The Bible is not just about information. It's about our transformation our spiritual transformation. And one of the best ways to be spiritually transformed by the Bible is to just slow down. One of the best things you can do to be spiritually transformed by reading the Bible is just to 
slow down. Another way of saying slow down is to say meditate. Meditate on the Bible. That Hebrew phrase that I just did, Psalm 1, 1. Here's Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. The word meditate translates the Hebrew word. It's a cool word. Haga. Haga. Say that with me. Everybody participate. Ready? Haga. Haga is an onomatopoeia. It's a word that uh, gets its name from the sound that it makes. Then the sound is like the word. Sizzle is an onomatopoeia. Haga. Haga means... Have you ever watched a, a dog uh, take a bone that they just love and they sit down with the bone and they go, <laughs> that sound, <laughs> it's, it's an agrarian culture, Hebrew people, man. They saw animals. Animals would do this. Animals would chew on something and they make that sound. And that's the word, the word comes from that sound. It's the slow chewing. It's that word. Nothing will so transform your life as to the word of God. All over the Bible, we're commanded to do you do that? Here's some Psalms. When I remember you upon my bed and haga on you in the watches of the night, haga on Yahweh. I will consider all your works and haga on all your mighty deeds. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts that I may haga on your wonderful deeds. God done any good things in your life? My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may haga on your promises. God make any promises? Do you haga? Keeps you awake at night. Haga. Thinking about its promises. <laughs> Biblical meditation is not the same as uh, meditation the way some people use it in our world uh, today. There's cultural meditation, biblical meditation. So cultural spiritual practice of meditate means to empty your mind. Just empty your mind. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about haga. Haga is chewing. It's it's filling. It's filling your mind. When we haga. We are filling our minds with scripture and we are meditating. We are, you're kind of a, in a metaphor, kind of getting out of the driver's seat and we're saying, God, you drive the car. What, what, what you do now. Meditation should be a regular part of our lives. I try to do it daily. So my practice is I downloaded an app called YouVersion. 
This is free. And just like a million different English translations are there. I use the NIV that we use here at Blackhawk. And I'm going through, um, going through a reading program uh, that Tim uh, Mackey put together in 2011 here for Blackhawk Church. It's called Eat This Book. And you can go to YouVersion and you can get this. It's a fairly aggressive reading plan. And it's a reading plan that goes through the entire Bible in a year. And I've been doing this since 2012. Go through the entire Bible every year. But it's an aggressive plan. Sometimes I might not have time to read all of it, but every reading has a psalm with it. Today was Psalm 27. It starts out with Yahweh is my light. And just haga on that. Just one phrase. Just one, one phrase. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? That helps you transform spiritually. Another way to slow down your reading is to memorize the Bible. I'm a big one on memorization. So this summer camp, we're going to cause you to memorize. We want you to memorize one passage of the Bible. And I chose a passage from the book of Proverbs. And here it is right here, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. This is your assignment for the summer. You guys got that? Here it is. Take a picture of it. This is your assignment. I'm going to come back on August 6th. I'm going to give you all a test. And I'm going to come back on Labor Day Sunday. I'm going to give you a test then. Here it is. Say it together with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Why did I choose this passage? It's a killer passage. It's a fantastic passage in so many ways because most of us have this thing about we got to be wise. We got to be wise. Be wise. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. Shun evil. And this will put a spring in your step. And he uses a metaphor for that. One way to help us memorize the Bible is to actually uh, sing uh, verses. There's something about music that helps us memorize something. We have a camp counselor who works at uh, Blackhawk Summer Camp, and uh, she's actually written a song that goes with this proverb. Welcome to the platform, camp counselor Hannah Bussey. Here she is. Yeah. All right, Hannah. Oh, you've got the camp hat. I thought I, you're not the only one who can dress up as a camp counselor, Chris. Oh, no, you got the wrong hat. It's the wrong hat. There you go. I think go. it's the right hat. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, uh, Hannah, what is it about music that helps us uh, memorize? Well, this is actually one of my favorite, favorite things. I, I've been kind of studying, learning in the past years. God has actually created the human brain in such a way that we're wired to recall information when it's set to music, when it's set to song. So in such a way that the, the words or the ideas that, that are being expressed in that music really stick with us in our minds and our hearts. Yeah, and we see this kind of all the time. If you're a parent, you've kind of probably used this to teach uh, 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That kind of helps kids. Or, or yeah. maybe if you're an adult, you sometimes still use that to alphabetize things. There you go. There Not you go. That I know that's anybody right. who does that's that. Right. That's right. That's or, right. Or like advertisers know this, yeah, yeah. right? They hire people to write jingles oh. for their products to get their products or their slogans stuck in our brains so that they come up involunt- involuntarily. Yep. That's and right. we're meditating all of a sudden or thinking about that product or that slogan. Music is so powerful. It is. It's yeah. so powerful. And you have written a song that goes with this proverb, right? Yes, this is kind of a way that, actually it's probably the main way that I myself memorize scripture these days or even throughout my life is by setting scripture to music and then having that song, you know, memorized over time and then it tends to just come up uh, throughout your life even when you don't plan or expect it which is a really great way to Haggah on yeah. the scripture. Yeah. So we thought we'd help teach everybody a song. Yeah, today summer you're camp. You ready to learn the summer camp song? All right, all right. here we go, Hannah. All awesome. Right. So it's important that we all participate, campers. <laughs> so not just here uh, in the east side, but online. Uh, those of you at Fitchburg, downtown gospel fusion traditions. I know we got some singers out there. So we're going to learn a song together today. And actually, by the time you leave today, you'll have half of that passage already memorized. So that sounds like a pretty good deal, yes? All right, so here's how I'm going to teach you the refrain of that, of that passage from Proverbs 3. Um, and so I'll sing it first to just listen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Okay, so I'm going to teach you that. We're going to go phrase by phrase. I'll sing it, you echo me back, okay? Here's how it goes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now you. put that into a whole song that'll be the refrain that keeps coming back in between the verses by singing that refrain together. Faithfulness leave you 
steadfast love for Give yourselves a pat on the back. Good job. Yeah. Thank you, Hannah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. You can find uh, that song on our resource page, plus uh, several other songs that Hannah has taken verses and put, in, uh, put to song, to music. All of those are found on our resource page uh, for this uh, Sunday. And other artists, too, that she's placed there. So there's really a ton of resources that we have on a resource page. So that's our song uh, for uh, this summer. Listen, when you uh, talk to one of your friends uh, in Madison uh, this summer and you have a conversation, somebody comes up to you and say, hey, what are you reading this summer? If you say, well, uh, I'm reading the Bible, uh, you might get an interesting reaction to that. Because uh, we live in a community and a culture where reading the Bible is not like a cool thing to do. Being a fan of the Bible uh, in Madison is like being a Viking fan in the middle of Green Bay. It's just not a really popular thing to do. All of our away games are away games. We live in a culture uh, and nobody is shouting from the stands Read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. We live in a world that uh, believes the truth doesn't correspond to reality. And this whole idea about the Bible is uh, kind of, it's really for people who are kind of messed up. That's the culture we live in. So if you're going to uh, deepen your relationship with the living God, you have to uh, go against the stream. You have to be different from the culture. And so many of us absorb the ways of the culture 
that we watch way more TV. We watch way more things on, online than we do spending time in the Word of God. There is nothing that will transform your life, your spiritual life, more than reading the Bible and reading it slowly. If you don't already have a reading plan, and many of them are available on our resource page, let me suggest a reading plan for you. It's very simple. It's to go through the book of Proverbs one chapter at a time, one day a week. Proverbs has 31 chapters. July, this next month, has 31 days in it. So start uh, on July the 1st, which is Saturday, and read Proverbs 1. Before you read it this week, go to the Bible Project. Tim has a couple of videos on wisdom literature. He has one that we just saw right now on Proverbs. Go through that. Understand a little bit more about wisdom literature. And then on July 1st, read Proverbs 1. And then whatever verse just jumps out at you, Haggah, that verse. Haggah, Haggah, over and over and over again. And the next day, on the 2nd of July, read chapter 2. Third day, chapter 3. Work on the verse that we're just asking you to memorize. If you skip a day, too busy, then on the next day, don't go back and try to finish that day. Just look at the calendar. What does it say on the calendar? If it says 4 or 5, then go to chapters 4 or 5. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't have a regular Bible reading plan, just start one. Because nothing will so transform your spiritual life as a slow meditating and reading of the Word of God. Let's work on that verse that's your assignment. It's one of those verses that you can read slowly. Metamorphose. Here it is again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Are you guys with me? I didn't hear you. Let's start it again. Should I blow the whistle? (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment your bones. It closes in prayer, and another way to read the Bible slowly is to pray through the Bible. So I'm just going to pray through this verse as a closing prayer. It goes something like this. Lord, help us trust in you with all of our hearts, not just some of our heart, but all of our hearts. And help us to not lean on our own understanding, which we're prone to do. In all our ways, help us to acknowledge you. And we know that you will help us in our walk. Help us, Lord, not to be wise in our own eyes. We're always tempted to talk about how smart we are. Help us not to do that but help us to have respect and awe of you 
And then the opposite of that is, well, we run as far as we can from evil. And then we know that he'll put a spring in our step. He'll revitalize our life. Because vitality to live in the world today because life is difficult and at times it's overwhelming. Help us to trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name for the sake of his reputation. All God's people said, 